All right, y'all. So I wouldn't waste any time on the show to talk about this next thing unless I've heard like multiple people say this. And to my horror, I've heard many people bring this up. And what I'm saying is that I've heard many people talk about how Jesus is made up pretty much because there's no J in ancient Hebrew. So how could his name have been Jesus? And like I'm laughing now, but like when they say it, they like always look at you like got him. Like there's no like retort to that. And they have completely just destroyed Christianity with that with that one claim. Um and I will admit, because I always, you know, try to find the 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 fact or the sliver of trueness in what people are telling me, but Yes, they're correct in that there, well, there might be no J in ancient Hebrew. I don't really know. What I do know is that Jesus' name in Hebrew was actually Yeshua, which clearly starts with a Y sound. But to explain why we call him Jesus is because the Bible was written, or a lot of the New Testament was written in Greek, and Jesus is the Greek translation of of Yeshua. But it's just crazy because they just look at you like, got you, D. <laughs> Ain't no J in Hebrew. That's it. But anyway, you are now tuned in to Saved and Woke. Yes, I am. It's your boy MSW. That's Mr. Saved and Woke, also known as Juan Enrique Toussaint. And this is your girl D double E on the M I C, best known as DeAndre J. Yeah, so D, tell us, what do you think about that story I just shared? <laughs> boy, boy, boy. If you had a nickel, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people get real scholarly. When it comes to them reading Facebook memes, huh? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, that brings us to the purpose of this episode, which is the quote-unquote problems with Christianity. We want to demystify some things and, and clarify a lot of points that we made in our last episode, mainly on the deity of Christ, on the truth that is the scriptures, and just address a lot of rebuffs that we have heard to Christianity. First, let us reestablish that we believe that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of the world. As a matter of fact, John 14 and 6 says that he is the way, the, way. the, truth, the truth, and the life. the life, and no person comes to the father to father god except through belief in him and that's really important to understand because i know a lot of people who are socially conscious they claim as part of their social consciousness that there are many many ways to to righteousness there's many many ways to god there's many many ways to purity and we're just going to establish that although we do love everybody we understand 
And we believe that Jesus is the one true Savior, as it is said in the Bible. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's right there. (laughs) Yes, it is. Non-Christians that don't believe, just listen to these facts. First off, the Bible is the only religious text that contains fulfilled prophecies. Jesus is one of those prophecies from the Old Testament. Um, one being that Jesus would come via the line of David as one of David, King David's descendants. Matthew chapter 1 gives us a genealogy from Abraham to David and then from David to Jesus. And then throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus fulfill the prophecies of Isaiah and pretty much all the other prophets of the Old Testament in regards to the coming Messiah. And also, the Bible is what is referred to as axiomatic, meaning its very existence proves that it is the truth. Just think of it like this. The Bible itself was written by 40 authors over a period of 1,500 years in three different languages. However, there is a unity of thought and purpose that is completely and totally impossible without the existence of the Holy Spirit, without the existence of one of the persons of the Trinity of whom we have God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Secondly, I guess we can address the issue of The Bible, the big issue, the elephant in the room, the issue of the Bible and Christianity being used to enslave and oppress people, particularly African people in America. That's a pretty big elephant. Yes. (laughs) So first off, that is not the heart of God. And really the only way for scripture to support slavery and especially American slavery, is for verses to be taken out of context and isolated from the rest of the message. Yeah, so uh, if anything, Christianity was manipulated and twisted, actually, by slave owners. And they used it as a form of brainwashing to torment the African peoples. Along with the whipping, the beating, and the nuclear family destruction they already threw at them. So, you know, in the midst of all that stuff happening, they took Christianity and just jacked it up. Yeah. And one of those scriptures that I was talking about being taken out of context is in Ephesians 6 verses 5 through 8. So it says, Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ, not by way of eye service as men pleasers, but as slaves of Christ doing the will of God from the heart with good will render service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. And boom, that's pretty much where the Bible reading would end with the slaves. They would not, however, continue on to verse 9, which says, And masters, do the same things to them, which is do good things to them, not as try, not trying to please them, but in service to God. Um, and give up threatening, knowing that both their master, 
capital M being God, knowing that both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. There's no difference between you, Mr. Master, and you and, and your slave. And also in Colossians 4 and 1, it says, Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair because you know that you also have a master in heaven. And the Bible says as well that we are supposed to put the good of others before our own. And there is nowhere in American, in the history of American slavery where we can say that that happened. So slave owners were in no way, shape or form following after the teachings of Christ, following after the scriptures. And the Bible also says that we are supposed to, we as believers are supposed to submit ourselves one to another. So that slave owner who was a Christian and who is a believer should submit himself to, to the Holy Ghost working in his brother who might also be one of his slaves. So like, how can you really submit to somebody who you claim to be a quote unquote master of? So, you know, all in all, um, that debunks all the myths about Christianity being the white man's religion, as a lot of super woke people would say. <laughs> so you better come forth with that good word, brother. <laughs> I'm trying, D. I'm trying. <clears throat> Next thing is the issue of God being bipolar. And by that, I mean being angry and vengeful in the Old Testament, but gracious and merciful in the New Testament. But, but, but look, I, I just don't like how like people associate this bipolar peace, you know, in general, because I take mental health issues very seriously, being that, you know, I'm a counseling student. And not only with this, but, you know, with anything like just saying, God is bipolar, like, you can't just attach, like, bipolar to anything. Like, that's a serious illness. So, you know, the fact that they're saying this about God, that just hurts my heart even more. <laughs> true that. And it's just not true. Like, in Hebrews 13 and 8, it says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we know from the scripture that Jesus Christ did everything that God wanted him to do. Um, a lot of times people think that, oh, I wonder what it would have been like if God the Father would have come down instead of Jesus. It would have been exactly the same because Jesus Christ did only what the Father told him to do and he was empowered and inspired by the Holy Spirit. So if any of the Godhead, if any person of the Godhead would have come down, it would have been the same. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is always merciful. He has always been merciful, even in the Old Testament. Um, I was telling a story one time to some people, and I was just talking about, man, when I, I wasn't telling them a story. I was just telling them about my private time reading the Bible and just talking about how good God was and how gracious he, he was. And I was like, you know, he could, you know, he could wipe us out if he wanted to, but he's just merciful. He, and he really could. Yeah, he, he could be really vengeful and angry with us. And then this girl said, Old Testament God was. And I was like, I had to hold my tongue because I was actually upset in that moment. But even in the Old Testament, like you think about, I guess, like the flood or the 
the, the defeat of the Egyptians after the Israelites left, like it took a minute for God to bring the smackdown on people. Like they had been there for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before there was any sort of retribution. Mm-hmm. Um, and those instances are really just small parts of the overall narrative of the Bible and small glimpses of the true character of God. And one of my favorite teachers, Tim Mackey, he talks about this concept of big story, little story. So when you're looking at those instances of God's anger and wrath, that's just the, that's just the small piece. That's one, that's one story in the overall story of the Bible, because the Bible is the whole entire Bible is one connected story. That's all about Jesus. It's all about mercy. It's all about redemption. So yes, God does exact judgment, but his truest character, his heart is that of a loving father who desires to be reunited with his creation. And it's really just like earthly parents. Like our parents have rules and regulations that they want us to follow. When we break those rules, we get punished, but they don't have us. They don't have us as their children around just to smack us around and punish us just to hover over us, waiting for us to do wrong. They want to, to bless us. They want to do good for us. And a lot of times it hurts them when we do wrong, because I, there were so many times when I was a kid, like I would mess up in school. And then my mom, she would tell me, she was like, you know what? I was going to take you out and get you a donut today, but you did wrong. So now I have to punish you. So her plan was to bless me. And that's God's plan to bless us and to have a relationship with us. So we need to be mindful of that when we are reading stories throughout our Bibles and understand that the real heart of God is one of a loving father. I just remember my mama saying that it hurts her more than it hurts me. And that is definitely the case with God because all of the emotions that we have, God feels so much more deeply than we do. So just like we feel hurt and betrayed and sometimes embarrassed when our kids act up, God so much more, so, so much more feels hurt when he sees us, his children, who he created in his image, falling away and engaging us in. The point is, God is our loving father and he just wants us back. He's our friend. Mm-hmm. And so is Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And that brings us to our final quote unquote problem that we'll address in this episode, which is the fact that, or the assertion, that there are just too many hypocrites. Hypocrites! In church. Hypocrites. Exactly. So one thing I will say that, yes, there are some hypocrites and some of those hypocrites do go to church. Um, However, there are hypocrites everywhere. There are hypocrites in places that we frequent, but still go to, even though we know that there are hypocrites there. There are hypocrites in our families and we still go to Thanksgiving with them. Um, you might be married to a hypocrite. Sometimes we're hypocrites. Like there's hip- there's plenty of hypocrites at the club, but you know, you stay there for Thirsty Thursday and oh, no. it hasn't stopped you 
from going. And I feel like, I don't know why people use the hypocrites at church to, to stop going to church. And I, it does make sense. Like why you wouldn't want to be there or part of a group that engages in hypocrisy, but we continue to just try to be ourselves and be that truth in other spaces with hypocrites. So I don't feel, so I feel like we can do the same. Like if we're a part of, if we go to a church or if we see that there are believers who are not really living by the word, then why don't we just be that light? Because that's what we're supposed to be. If we have to let our light shine. But see, the thing that these people haven't come into reality with or come to terms with, if you will, is that they're not mad at God. They're mad at people. And so they're living the basis of That's their good. lives as Christians based off of other people's opinions or how other people act when they should just rely on God. And God will change not only that person, but he'll change those other people too True. that are hypocrites. That's why it's important that we have to pray that not only those other people's hearts are changed, but that our our hearts are changed as well. Because, you know, if, if we don't do that, then nothing happens. Yes, that is so good. The, the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. And so I feel that we all, even myself, I engage in hypocrisy every time I kind of get a little lax in some of the biblical standards that I claim to live by. And then who do I have there? To, to gut check me I have my wife I have my pastor I have my brothers in Christ I have all my friends who are believers as well to just let me know like um Juan that's not okay they don't see me falling and then say oh he says he's a Christian he's not doing right let me just bounce and not be a Christian anymore they correct me just like the Bible tells us to do yeah and, and then you know if you want to take it to even deeper level you know, people who call others hypocrites, they're not even mad at those people. That's that's they're mad at the enemy. Once people realize that we are fighting a spiritual war and that we are fighting against the enemy, then that changes and shifts the whole entire perspective hmm. of hypocrisy or just anything in general when it comes to spiritual warfare. Definitely. Yeah. Just like in the last episode, we were talking about how whenever we see racism, yeah, there are racist people, but our enemy is not the racist person. It's the racist spirit, the spirit of racism. And just like with hypocrisy, there is a spirit of hypocrisy, a spirit of what you want to say, like a spirit of, of, of lying or a spirit of performance that's just putting on for people. The enemy is that evil spirit and not not the individuals and definitely not the church. So, yeah. One thing I also want to address from the last episode is the fact that we talked pretty much the whole time about praying and did not pray <laughs> in the episode at all. So from here on out at the end of every episode, we're going to pray. And the reason that is, is because we need God. We're talking about some really, really big issues that are not going to be fixed overnight and they're not going to be fixed just because you listen to a podcast or because I had the idea to, to talk about this and I came up with this clever title. Like We need 
God's direction. We need God's direction to even be able to receive what we talked about in this lesson. Like we need God to be able to understand these things and to be able to live by them. So just join us in prayer right here. Lord God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit who opens our minds and leads us into all truth. Help us, Lord God, to understand what truth really is. Help us to be able to distinguish and discern between truth, between lies, between what is really your spirit and what is false, what is from the enemy. Help us not to be blinded and bamboozled by the works of the enemy. And help us, Lord God, to distinguish between the enemy and the people that are being used. The enemy is what needs to be defeated and attacked mm -hmm. by your authority. And it's the people that's being used that needs to be saved that we need to love on yes. um, through your power and through your inspiration. And speaking of love, Father, we just ask that um, everyone is able to love in spite of how they've been mistreated, um, how they've been mm -hmm. treated by others, and um, even in spite of all the things that they've seen from childhood until now. And, uh, Lord, we just, we just thank you um, for using both of us as your living vessels uh, to speak the truth through this podcast. And... Um, in future episodes to come. Yes, Lord. And we just thank you that our listeners will be able to see the truth in the gospel and understand and believe and confess with, with their mouth that Jesus lived a perfect life, died for their sins, and rose three days later with all power. And I just thank you, Lord God, for leading us as believers in establishing your kingdom and thereby bringing liberty and justice for all to the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So that's it for this episode. We would like to thank our producer, Dope Cause We Said, and of course, you, our listeners. If you like what you hear, do leave a five-star review and a glowing comment. If you have questions or concerns, feel free to contact me via email at mrsavedandwoke at gmail.com. And to stay connected with us on a daily basis, link up with us on Instagram and Twitter at Mr. Underscore Saved and Woke. And at Afro Soul underscore D. And until next time, keep, keep the faith, faith and stay, stay woke. woke.